This is the broadcast voice of Marshall University. WMUL-FM, Huntington, West Virginia. And now, News Center 88 at 5, the area source for the most complete news coverage from across the campus of Marshall University and the Huntington Tri-State area. And now, the News Center 88 team. Good evening, everyone. For this Monday, October 16th, 2023, I'm Reagan Clagg. And I'm David Atkins. Coming up this evening on News Center 88, settlement over Trump family separations at the border limits future separations for eight years. All on your only daily source for Marshall Broadcast News, Michaela Wheeler will be in with a Metro Huntington weather forecast, and Victoria LaVon Burton will be in with the FM 88 Sports Report. The current temperature outside is a cloudy 55 degrees. And now on to our top story. A spokesperson for Donald Trump says a federal judge's decision to impose a narrow gag order on the ex-president in his 2020 election subversion case in Washington is, quote, an absolute abomination, unquote. U.S. District Judge Tanya Chutkin's order today bars the Republican presidential candidate from making statements targeting prosecutors, possible witnesses, and the judge's staff. The judge says Trump can't mount a, quote, smear campaign, unquote, against prosecutors. Today's order marks a milestone moment in the federal case that accuses Trump of illegally conspiring to overturn his 2020 election loss to Democrat Joe Biden. Special counsel Jack Smith's team had raised alarm about a barrage of Trump statements disparaging prosecutors, the judge, and prospective witnesses. Authorities in Colorado say the driver of a semi-trailer truck was killed when a train derailed and a bridge collapsed, spewing coal and mangled train cars across a major highway near Pueblo yesterday. Pueblo County Sheriff's Office spokesperson Gail Perez says the driver has died, but no further details were available. No other vehicles were involved. The National Transportation Safety Board is sending investigators to the site about 114 miles south of Denver. The State Patrol and the Sheriff's Office posted photos and videos showing a partially collapsed bridge over the interstate with a semi-truck caught beneath. State transportation officials said Interstate 25 would remain closed indefinitely. A proposed court settlement prevents the government from policies to separate migrant parents from their children at the border for eight years. The agreement announced today also provides families that were split under the Trump administration with temporary legal status and short-term housing aid. If approved by a judge, the settlement between the Biden administration and the American Civil Liberties Union would at least temporarily prohibit the type of, quote, zero tolerance, unquote, policy on illegal immigration under which former President Donald Trump separated thousands of families. Trump hasn't ruled out such an effort if elected president next year. Rite Aid has filed for bankruptcy and plans to sell part of its business as it attempts to restructure while dealing with losses and opiate-related lawsuits. The drugstore chain said late yesterday it also has obtained $3.45 billion in fresh financing from some of its lenders. That will help support the company through its voluntary Chapter 11 process. Rite Aid says its plan will significantly reduce the company's debt while helping some of its litigation. The company says the filing will not affect business operations. It is arranging for payment of wages and other costs as usual. 
Daniel Noboa has managed to do what his father failed at five times, get elected as Ecuador's president. And he did it Sunday on his first attempt, winning a runoff in a special election against a leftist lawyer. He has done so on the strength of a resume of a 35-year-old who belongs to the South American country's elite, which has meant some schooling in the U.S., some entrepreneurial work, some dabbling in politics. Now he must meet the universal demand of voters to make Ecuador safe again, following a surge in unprecedented violence tied to drug trafficking. It will be daunting for Noboa to accomplish something substantial because his truncated term will last only about 18 months. Coming up, Ohio's Hopewell Ceremonial Earthworks mark UNESCO World Heritage designation. That and more news from around the Tri-State when News Center 88 returns right after this. Careers in sports journalism are growing with the expansion of cable networks, the rise of sports-centered online platforms, and ever-popular local coverage. Get in the game. Your passion, curiosity, charisma, and a Marshall University sports journalism degree will equip you with the combination for success. You'll be the eyes, ears, and life of the game when you learn the art of sports storytelling while covering the thundering herd on our Huntington campus. Go behind player stats and game scores. Learn to report compelling stories. Become proficient in breaking news across multiple media platforms. Find out how sports and media impact our society. Marshall University's W. Page Pitt School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more at marshall.edu sojmc. Welcome back to News Center 88, voted best spot news reporting by the Virginia's Associated Press. I'm Reagan Clagg. And I'm David Atkins. The family of Olympic gymnastics champion Mary Lou Retton says she is making, quote, remarkable, unquote, progress in her battle with a rare form of pneumonia. McKenna Kelly, one of Redden's four daughters, posted on Instagram that the 55-year-old Redden's breathing is becoming stronger and her, quote, path to recovery is steadily progressing, unquote. The family had disclosed earlier this week that Redden was, quote, fighting for her life, unquote. Kelly says Redden is responding to treatment and her recovery will be a, quote, lengthy, unquote, journey. A fund set up by Redden's daughters to offset her medical expenses had topped $400,000 just days after it. Days after. Days after it was launched. West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin has benefited from waiting to reveal where he stood as the swing vote in a chamber closely divided between Democrats and Republicans. He's taken the same approach when it comes to the next phase of his political career. The moderate Democrat has teased possible retirement, a run for re-election to the Senate, or even a presidential campaign in 2024, possibly as an independent candidate. During a multi-day trip to West Virginia's state capitol this week, The 76-year-old expressed growing frustration with the polarized U.S. two-party system. He said unless it changes, the system, quote, will be the downfall of our country, unquote. Ford Motor Company Executive Chairman Bill Ford called on auto workers to come together and end a month-long strike that he says could cost the company the ability to invest in the future. 
In a rare speech during contract talks in Dearborn, Michigan, Ford said higher labor costs could limit future investments. The great-grandson of company founder Henry Ford said that will cost many jobs in Americans and America will also lose. The company is near an impasse with the United Auto Workers Union, which walked out at targeted Detroit 3 factories on September 15th. Officials say passengers on a Cincinnati-bound flight were evacuated after an aborted takeoff at Philadelphia International Airport, but no injuries were reported. Airport spokesperson Heather Redfern said the PSA Airlines flight, being operated for American Airlines, experienced mechanical issues and aborted its takeoff about 9 p.m. Saturday. Redfern said yesterday that there were no injuries to the five crew members or to the 76 passengers who were taken off the plane using stairs and then were taken back to the terminal by shuttle. She said the plane was towed from the runway back to the terminal and airport operations weren't affected. For 400 years, indigenous North Americans flocked to a group of ceremonial sites in what is present-day Ohio to celebrate their culture and honor their dead. The sheer magnitude of the ancient Hopewell culture's reach was lifted up to a new set of visitors from around the world Saturday. Eastern Shawnee tribe of Oklahoma chief Glenna Wallace says the Hopewell ceremonial earthworks UNESCO World Heritage designation means the world now knows ancient Native Americans were, quote, uncommon geniuses, unquote. The eight earthwork sites are described as, quote, part cathedral, part cemetery, and part astronomical observatory, unquote. They stretch across 90 miles in southern Ohio. Coming up next, humanitarian aid is stuck at Gaza-Egypt border. That and more news from around the nation when News Center 88 returns. Stay with us. shot. My legs feel like lead. Every muscle in my body is screaming. So why does everyone think the problem is in my head? Chronic fatigue syndrome can be as isolating as it is debilitating. Visit www.cdc.gov CFS for the latest information on diagnosis and management. cdc.gov CFS. Get informed. Get diagnosed. Get help. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, CDC. I can't make it. Luke. Luke. Ed, is that you? You must go to the Marshall system. There you shall seek out WMUL-FM and be trained in the ways of news, sports, and the widest variety of music in the tri-state. But how, Ben? Use the force, Luke. Let it guide you to 88.1 on the dial. And remember, WMUL's force will always be with you. Welcome back to News Center 88, voted Best Radio News Reporting by the Society of Professional Journalists Mark of Excellence Awards. I'm Reagan Clack. And I'm David Atkins. U.S. stocks are rising as some of last week's moves driven by worries about war in the Middle East unwind. The S&P 500 was 1% higher today. The Dow rose 304 points and the Nasdaq Composite was 1% higher. Treasury yields were rising after tumbling last week on worries that fighting in Gaza will escalate. Crude oil prices slipped and gold also fell as last week's flight toward safer investments waned. 
More than 50 companies in the S&P 500 will report their earnings for the summer this week, and expectations are rising that this season may mark a return to growth. Hard-charging right-wing Republican Representative Jim Jordan is shoring up support to win the House Speaker's gavel. One by one, Jordan has been peeling off detractors who view the Ohio Republican as too extreme. A pressure campaign from Donald Trump allies, including Fox News' Sean Hannity, is helping to round up support. A floor vote that could turn into a showdown is set for midday tomorrow. In a letter today to colleagues, Jordan took a cooperative tone, vowing to, quote, bring all Republicans together, unquote. It's been two weeks without a House speaker after hardline Republicans ousted Kevin McCarthy. Hospitals in Gaza face collapse today as water, power, and medicine near depletion. And hundreds of thousands of Palestinians searched for dwindling food supplies while Israel maintained punishing airstrikes in retaliation for last week's deadly rampage by Hamas. Thousands of patients' lives were at risk, UN officials said, and mediators struggled for a ceasefire to let in aid waiting at the Egyptian border. All eyes were on the Rafah crossing between Gaza and Egypt where trucks carrying aid have waited for days, unable to pass through. As Israel prepared a likely ground offensive into Gaza, fears rose over the conflict spreading along Israel's border with Lebanon. A 71-year-old Illinois man has appeared in court on murder and hate crime charges after the weekend slaying of a six-year-old boy. Police say Joseph Zuba attacked the boy and his mother with a knife because of their Muslim faith and emotions over the Israel-Hamas war. The boy's 32-year-old mother says Zuba, her landlord, was angry with her and stabbed her after she proposed they, quote, pray for peace, unquote. Zuba heard the charges today in a court in Will County, southwest of Chicago. Meanwhile, the Palestinian-American family prepared to bury Wadea al-Fayume. Refrigerants are chemical fluids that have made air conditioning and refrigeration possible. But they are hundreds or even thousands of times more powerful at warming the planet than carbon dioxide, the most notorious greenhouse gas. Although it's not meant to happen, they leak and get into the air. The AC in your car may leak. Scientists estimate that AHFCs, the most common type of refrigerant currently in use, could contribute to up to 0.5 degrees Celsius of global warming by the end of the century. Laws exist to regulate, regulate these planet-warming fluids, but they don't cover all the bases. The industry and climate experts are pushing for sustainable alternatives. Even using carbon dioxide works as a more sustainable alternative under the right conditions. Coming up next, Poland gives support to centrist opposition. Your daily political update when New Center 88 returns, right after this. The worldwide leader in Marshall University sports coverage. Welcome back to Raleigh, North Carolina. Here high atop Carter Finley Stadium. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome inside Memorial Coliseum in Lexington, Kentucky. The Thundering Herd will be taking on the number 22 team in the country here in the fifth oldest stadium in college football, Nippert Stadium. Inside Value City Arena at Jerome Schottenstein Center. The Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to New Center 88. 
I'm Reagan Clagg. And I'm David Atkins. A top European Union official says the bloc's leaders will hold an emergency summit tomorrow as concerns grow that the war between Israel and Hamas could fuel intercommunal tensions in Europe. The EU fears that more refugees could come in search for sanctuary. EU Council President Charles Michel says the, quote, conflict could have major security consequences for our societies, unquote. Since the Hamas attack on October 7th, France has ordered a ban on pro-Palestinian demonstrations and the number of anti-Semitic acts has risen. Low-level rallies have been held in other EU countries. Germany, too, has ramped up security and banned shows of support for Hamas. The leaders will also try to restore order over some embarrassing and mixed EU messaging. Russian President Vladimir Putin is expected to meet with this week with Chinese leaders in Beijing on a visit that underscores China's support for Moscow during its war in Ukraine. The countries have forged an informal alliance against the United States and other democratic nations that's now complicated by the Israel-Hamas war. China has sought to balance its ties with Israel with its economic relations with Iran and Syria, which are strongly backed by Russia. Putin's visit is also a show of support for Chinese leader Xi Jinping's signature Belt and Road Initiative. China will be marking the 10th anniversary of Xi's announcement of the policy that has laden countries with heavy debt after they signed contracts for Chinese-financed infrastructure. Projections show that a majority of voters in Poland's general election support opposition parties. Those parties are promising to repair the nation's constitutional order and its relationship with allies, including the European Union and Ukraine. After a bitter and emotional campaign, voters turned out in droves yesterday to make their voices known. At nearly 74% turnout, was the highest in 34 years of democracy, surpassing the 63% who cast ballots in the historic 1989 vote that toppled communism. A so-called late exit poll by Ipsos suggested that voters had grown tired of the governing Nationalist Law and Justice Party. Final results are expected tomorrow. President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris are meeting with national security officials as the Israel-Hamas conflict intensifies, according to the White House. Biden today postponed a trip to Colorado to stay in Washington and focus on the growing conflict in the Middle East. The Democratic president is setting aside an opportunity to pitch his economic accomplishments as he runs for re-election. Biden had been heading today to the Colorado district of Representative Lauren Boebert, where he was to visit the world's largest facility for wind tower manufacturing. Biden is weighing a decision to visit the region in a sign of support for Israel following the October 7th attack by Hamas that killed more than 1,400 people. Representative Jim Jordan becoming House Speaker would help cement the far-right's takeover of the Republican Party and trigger conflict with Democrats over the size and scope of the government. A Jordan speakership would also come with political baggage heading into next year's election. The Ohio congressman has such a reputation as a political brawler that former House Speaker John Boner once said he'd never met someone, quote, who spent more time tearing things apart, unquote. Jordan is a favorite of former President Donald Trump, but Jordan's path to the speakership is by no means certain. Jordan will need support from nearly every House Republican in a chamber they narrowly control. 
And coming up, Michaela Wheeler will have a complete look at your Metro Huntington weather forecast, and Victoria LaVon Wilburn will be in with the FM88 Sports Report. Stay with us. Hi, I'm Mia Hamm. As a professional soccer player, I know how rewarding sports can be and how quickly injuries happen. So I've teamed up with the American Association of Orthodontists to ask athletes to play it safe. With my years of training, I know what it takes to become an expert, and orthodontists do too. They're the experts who help people obtain healthy, beautiful smiles. Wear mouth guards, face masks, and helmets to prevent injuries. Keep smiling and visit braces.org. The best news program in the nation as honored by the National Broadcasting Society. More than 130 live martial sporting events every year. One of the top college radio stations in the nation. 50 years of broadcasting excellence. 88.1 WMUL-FM. Welcome back to News Center 88. I'm Michaela Wheeler, and now it's time for your Metro Huntington weather forecast. Currently outside of the WMUL studios, it's a cloudy 54 degrees, which means we have officially entered hoodie season in Huntington. Today, wind gusts will be as fast as 15 miles per hour, so hang on to your books if you venture outside tonight. If the sun sets by 6.50 p.m., temperatures will slowly dip down into the low 50s before dropping down to 47 degrees around 7 a.m. tomorrow morning. The rest of the week will be similar in condition, so expect a cloudy week with temperatures peaking at around 68 degrees later in the week and a brisk breeze welcoming in Halloween fun. Tomorrow sees a high of 60 degrees and a low of 46, but no rain is expected until Friday. Today in weather history, on this day in 1988, late afternoon thunderstorms produced severe weather in southwestern lower Michigan and northern Indiana. One thunderstorm spawned a tornado north of Napanee, Indiana, which caused half a million dollars damage. Six cities in California reported record high temperatures for the date. The afternoon high of 100 degrees in Red Bluff, California, was the latest such reading of a record for so late in the autumn season. Thank you to Weather4U.com for that information. That does it for your Metro Huntington weather forecast. Outside of the WMUL studios, it's a cloudy 54 degrees. For New Center 88, I'm Michaela Wheeler. Thanks, Michaela. Now, Victoria LaVon Wilburn joins us with the FM88 Sports Report. Unbeaten Marshall University men's soccer team, 12-0, 5-0 in the Sun Belt, continued their winning streak. Marshall defeated Coastal Carolina's Chanticleers 3-5, 1-2-2 in the Sun Belt, 6-1 on Friday night at home on the Hoops family field. The team had a season high of six goals in their match. Brian Amaro found the back of the net for the first score of the match in his career. Forward Matthew Bell recorded three assists. Bell dished Pablo Simon his first goal, weaving through the CCU defense, getting past their goalkeeper at the ninth minute. Bell assisted in the eventual game winner 2-0 in the first half. After the first half scoring, Coach DeGrassi said, quote, We took our foot off the gas, stopped competing. We got sloppy in the middle of the park, end quote. But the team refueled, got going again in the second half, scoring four goals. The sixth and final goal for Marshall was scored by a jetty from Gabriel Parada, beating Carolina Coastal goalkeeper Killian Valance to make it 6-1. to one. 
Rye Pinto scored his first collegiate goal in the 65th minute. Marshall men's soccer will play their next game October 18th against Robert Morris in Morgantown, West Virginia. Kickoff is 7 o'clock p.m. Marshall's men football team, 4-2, 1-1 in Sunbelt Conference, fell short in their Saturday night battle against Georgia State, 5-1-2-1 in the Sunbelt Conference, who beat them 41-24 in the Center Park Stadium. Quarterback Darren Granger threw for 234 yards and a touchdown and ran for two scores. Georgia never trailed. The thundering herd did come within 27-24, when Cam Fancher threw a 65-yard score to Rasheen Ali at the end of the third quarter. They would be the last points for the Thundering Herd. Georgia would score 14 points in the fourth quarter to finalize the score, 41-24. to Fancher threw for 301 yards and a touchdown, and Ali ran for 103 yards on 18 carries and two scores for Marshall. After back-to-back road losses, Marshall's next opponent will be Thursday, October 19th, against James Madison at the Jones C. Edwards Field in Huntington, West Virginia. Kickoff time, 7 o'clock p.m. Marshall's men's golf teed off in Kettering, Ohio today at 9 o'clock a.m. The competition is being held at the NCR Country Club, taking part in the Dayton Flyer Invitational in Kettering. Marshall coach Matt Grobe said, quote, This will be one of the strongest fields we have played against. We are looking forward to the challenge. End quote. Marshall players competing in the tournament will be Tyler Jones, Ryan Bilby, Joseph Kalaski, Clayton Thomas, Andrew Weiss, and Cameron Jarvis. In Marshall women's volleyball, their upcoming tournament is scheduled for October 20th at the Cam Henderson Center. They will compete against Appalachian State. Start time is 6 o'clock p.m. Violence in Chicago has been on the rise and high alert due to anti-Semitic or Islamic Ophobic sentiments. FBI officials, Jewish and Muslim groups have reported heightened, hateful and threatening rhetoric. Islamophobic and or anti-Semitic hate crimes drove a 71-year-old man from Illinois to fatally stabbing a six-year-old boy and seriously wounding a 32-year-old woman. He was charged on Sunday. Police alleged he singled out the victims because of their faith in Islam as a response to the war between Israel and Hamas. The woman and boy were found by officers late Saturday morning at a home in an unincorporated area of Plainfield Township. In a social media statement, the dwelling is located about 40 miles southwest of Chicago, according to the Weald County Sheriff's Office. In an NFL football victories on yesterday, the Seahawks had a strong performance defensively. However, Geno Smith and the team suffered a loss to the Bengals 7-13 at Paycor Stadium. Philadelphia Eagles lost to the New York Jets. Four forced fumbles defensively and an interception by the Jets contributed to their 2014 victory over the Eagles. The Buffalo Bills stormed back in the fourth quarter to overtake the New York Giants 14-9. The Giants led at halftime by two field goals at halftime. That will conclude the FM 88 Sports Report. For FM 88, I'm Victoria Wilburn. Thanks, Victoria. Coming up, a $1.4 million speeding ticket? Stay with us to find out more right after this on New Center 88.
I was leaving an exercise class. All of a sudden, the pain started. My entire chest. Shortness of breath. Very fatigued. Nauseated. Thought that it was nothing much, maybe just stress. You're having a heart attack. I'm healthy, I'm young. There's no way it could be my heart, no way. Heart disease doesn't discriminate. Listen to your body, go get checked. Heart disease is the number one killer in women. And this is something that we can fight. Visit GoRedForWomen.org to learn a woman's risk for heart disease. And finally, today on New Center 88, a Georgia man was left reeling after receiving a $1.4 million speeding ticket. But city officials say the figure was just a placeholder, not the actual fine. Connor Cato told, tells WSAV-TV in Savannah that he received the citation after getting pulled over in September for driving 90 miles per hour in a 55 mile per hour zone. He called the court thinking the figure was a typo, but says he was told he either had to pay it or appear in court in December. Savannah officials say that the figure Cato received reflected an automatically generated placeholder. The actual fine will be determined in court. And that does it for this edition of News Center 88. Tune in tomorrow at 5 for the most complete news from Marshall University and the tri state area. And remember to check us out on the World Wide Web at marshall.edu slash WMUL. For David Adkins, Michaela Wheeler, Victoria LaVon Wilburn, Luke Hamilton, and for the entire News Center 88 team, I'm Reagan Clagg, and your thought of the day is success is getting what you want, happiness is wanting what you get. W.P. Kinzella.